podcast for Indelible, a documentary in progress for the week of July 31st, 2018. Today I'm going to do something different. A lot of times these podcasts have been primarily to describe progress or details um, in research. But there's another kind of process that is part of creating this project, and that is, or that involves, observation. That is um, reading and observing, looking within and without, and then noticing and forming a concept or an idea um, based on this noticing. And so today, I'm going to offer an observation for your consideration. And maybe you too have noticed it, but maybe not. So here we go. It appears there's a movement going on. It's a movement towards divisiveness. It is among us. It is moving with increasing energy. It has been building for some time. True, it is nothing new. It's something that comes and goes in history. As a movement towards divisiveness, it is an effort to divide. We are people. We are human beings on the face of the earth. For a short period of time, our lives are relatively short if you compare our time frame with the life of our planet or the sun or even a cedar tree. We cycle in overlapping generations. We bond together if given the opportunity. It is our nature to migrate towards each other, to group together to share and build families and communities. And this has always been. For those from European descent, we may have forgotten our history, but we once belonged to tribes. These were our communities, and we belonged to them. They served us and protected us, and we had responsibilities within them. We were indigenous to the land where we lived, just as other people in other lands are now indigenous to their land. Those who still identify with their tribes and still have names for their tribes. Those of European descent lost their tribes many hundreds of years ago. They were oppressed. They were taught if they didn't abandon their tribes and change their beliefs, they and all their people would be killed. And many of them were. And so they learned to take on the ways of their oppressors. As John Trudell said, they became warlike. As their oppressors were warlike. This was not their nature, It was what they had learned through trauma. 
So that is history. And now we have a means of communicating with each other. We call it social media. We are provided the tools for free, the software tools. And we send each other messages. Or we receive messages from government or corporations. We are engaged in social media. Our attention is there, constantly. Our attention is valuable, more than we know. It is our interface, the bridge between our minds and the collective mind, the minds of others. And when we connect with our attention, we are one individual mind connecting to words and ideas that inform our minds. We are not in our community. We are not in our family. We are separate. One isolated mind, connected, receiving words and ideas, and sharing words and ideas. And in this separateness, we are vulnerable. Our mind creates a perception of the world, of other human beings, based on these words and images we receive. And we start to identify certain individual people as reliable voices. And they become surrogates for our own leaders in our own families or communities. We give them our trust and attention before we even meet them. And sometimes this becomes a problem for us. It becomes a problem when we learn they have misrepresented facts about an event or a person and see or learn that those we love are or have been harmed. So we return to our families and communities and we start talking about what to do about this. And we feel good. We feel supported. We share meals, we laugh, and share in the physical presence of others. And we recognize this as being good. This is the old way. This is akin to what it was like to be part of a tribe. We each had a role to play. We respected each other. We felt an obligation to everyone in the tribe, even the sick, the elderly, and the troubled. We learned from each human being's experience in our tribe. We did not need institutions to assist us. We had everything we needed within the tribe to serve each member within the tribe. In history, groups of human beings who wanted to control other human beings felt threatened by tribes. They were, and today, are not powerful human beings, but those who have amassed wealth or weapons to be able to have authority over other human beings. They do not want tribes to exist because within a tribe, people, human beings, tend to thrive and think and grow. They feel safe, so they tend to be able to notice when something is wrong when a behavior is wrong. When a tribal member is outside the tribe, they become lost 
as if they are in the wilderness. And so they are vulnerable. A vulnerable human being is fearful, and they are easily manipulated by these authorities. In a sense, these authorities are predatory. They lay in wait. They like social media because it is a kind of net, the inter-net. It captures the attention of the individuals. It creates a semblance of a tribe-like model. It says, here is a safe place, but it isn't really safe. It is a place where words and images can be given and received and shared. It is an artificial tribal structure. They cannot make it safe. There's no ways of constraining information to make the internet safe because the very structure of it which they control is not safe because they control it. When you spend most of your time with your attention on social media, you spend less time in your tribe with human beings. And the tribe of human beings becomes weaker. The words and images coming from social media become more influential. This is very helpful for those who desire to have authority over individual human beings. It is helpful because it controls their behavior. The individual is left in a constant state of flux and fear because the words and images convey the convey this message. There is no telling if the words and images are true, but at a, cert, but at a certain point, the individual no longer cares because it is their nature to believe their tribe, even if it is a false tribal model, is just used to control them. It is the nature of human beings to live peacefully with each other, and tribes can coincide alongside one another. Sometimes tribes would go to war, but it was never for a frivolous reason, unless the tribe had become infiltrated with a sickness that made them lust for authority or greed. Recently in social media, the individual who has lost connection to their tribe is provided images and words to control their identity. The most superficial aspect of their human experience is elevated. Their race, their gender, or their material rank, their wealth or poverty. These may be elements in a tribe, but they are not what defines it. What defines it is the culture within the tribe, the philosophies, the perceptions, the histories, the experiences, and the love. But in social media, reinforcing these elements as a defining identity to the tribeless individuals allows a mechanism to be used which these unwell authorities can use to keep tribes from thriving or forming even. They create a divisiveness and endless war and warlike mentality between groups of tribeless individuals who share these elemental attributes. We see this in social media. Images and words are frothed up 
and delivered in rapid fire to turn one race against another or one gender against another or to view the poor as bad and the rich as good or vice versa. These are not natural inclinations of human beings. These are artificial, warlike structures created by unwell authorities. Sadly, these unwell authorities will even create events in real life as sources to use to generate this divisiveness. They will kill, rape, or murder innocent human beings. They do this with impunity. The more shock it will cause to the tribeless individuals, the better it works for them. The more shock a named leader can create, the better it works for them. It works to distract and divide. We can see this is true if we look a little deeper. These wars between individuals who have lost their connection to their tribes sometimes begin to form new tribes in the course of these wars. They start to thrive and help each other. They begin to prosper. They work towards a way of life that looks hopeful. They build genuine relationships. They do this in the presence of each other, not online. But this becomes threatening to the unwell authorities because this takes them outside the sphere of their control and influence. This is when we start to see social media begin to use words that end in ism, like tribalism. And such words and ideas are always used mockingly. The reason to use words in this way in social media is to try to keep other tribeless individuals from seeing that an ism behavior is valid. It is an invalidating gate, a way to keep human beings from going in that direction. Corrupt authorities do not want individuals to think. You have to be able to thrive in order to think. And we know it's in our DNA that we thrive in a tribe. We can even defend ourselves against intruders or those who might want to harm us in a tribe. So it is very threatening to corrupt authorities to see tribes forming. As individuals isolated, we can and have to be, by necessity, slaves to them. The only way slaves are created is if they are vulnerable and outside their tribe. And we see this in history. So as long as we endorse the ideas and messages of control in social media, we are rewarded. We will be hired. We will be paid well. We will have homes. We will have healthy food. If we step outside this stream of control and begin to form tribes and thrive and think, we are a danger to the unwell authorities. But we are free. We are not slaves. If the unwell authorities see that you have stepped too far outside of their stream of control, you will be sent to prison. And at their core, prisons are conditioning centers. They are permanent slave farms. Not only do they exploit your labor in prison, paying you pennies versus dollars, they also make it very clear to you that even if you leave, 
you will have to work for the corrupt authorities and assist them. And if you return to tribal behavior, you will be returned to the prison. Prisons are places where you learn through pain and suffering how to serve well these unwell authorities. Prisons are places where spirits are broken. We as human beings have power. We can create and think and build. We can evolve. If we can't think, we can only use our human bodies as labor. In order to thrive, we have to have our spirits intact. We have to be able to remember our ancestors and the history within our DNA. By breaking our spirit, they break our ability to remember this powerful part of our being. There are many prisons constructed by these unwell authorities. Some are buildings. Others are the result of smear campaigns, prisons of isolation and poverty. Some are defined by fear. Prisons of any type are destructive to the human being. They do not protect anyone. They only spread illness and serve the unwell authorities. And that's all I have for today. I'm going to be doing a series of podcasts that will be different than the podcast that you've uh, received previously. They are going to involve more details, more research, and be more structured. I'm taking time to construct them thoughtfully, so hopefully that will come across. Okay, take care.